Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician and so are you. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Entree Musician. This is the space where we concentrate on the mindset, the discipline, and the focus of the Entree Musician. In today's episode, absolutely no exception. Now, earlier in the year, you may remember we began a series on abolishing fear. And we felt this subject was incredibly important because entree musicians all around realize that in our culture and throughout media, the spirit of fear is being shoved down our throats. I mean, there is that fear of getting a particular disease. There's the fear of gathering with your own family members. There's the fear of speaking up and telling the truth when the absolute truth needs to be told. There's the fear of disagreeing with someone who has a different opinion than you might, right? Because in doing so, you may be ostracized or called names or even lose your livelihood just because you've chosen to disagree. So you find yourself walking around on eggshells or, or worse than that, you know, self-editing and self-censoring your own speech because you are afraid when you should otherwise just stand up straight, shoulders back, heels dug in, boldly proclaiming the absolute truth. You know, saying, hey, yo, this is right and that's wrong. This is good and that's bad. This is actually up and that's down. See, the truth will always win. It may take a minute, <laughs> but all you and I have to do is tell the truth anyway. So a few of us entree musicians talking about this, we got together and we said, we're going to fearlessly tackle this subject head on. And so we presented these episodes for you to check out. And I do hope you do so. The first one is called Exposing Fear. And we did that way back in the year. Another you might appreciate is called Don't Be Afraid of Saying Yes or No. And still another was entitled Don't Be Afraid of Being Yourself. And even a year ago, even before we began this series, I spoke about a subject which was called Don't Fear the Detour. And the reason I did so is because it was based on some personal adjustments that I had to make in both my life and my career. In many ways, I had to start over. You can go back and check that out. If you haven't had the opportunity, check them all out, you know, and do it as soon as possible. And I'm certain that they will help you. Now, if you are a man or woman who struggles with fear, doubt, worry, or you suffer from stress or anxiety, which finds its roots both in who you are and in what you're called to do, then you will find these episodes a tremendous blessing. Listen, I'm saying to you, they come from a very personal place and they will help. In the midst of those, we even sprinkled in some interviews with some brave entree musicians who persevered through some very difficult circumstances. A few were battling fear and others were fighting against deeper levels of emotional trauma. And they eventually worked through the process to arise to great levels of achievement. They opened up their hearts and they shared with us how they did so. 
So again, I'm imploring you, you got to check out these conversations. Now, uh, Maria Jacobs and Andrew Slater, just to name two, uh, I think are very important. Now, I'll put the link to those conversations in the, the uh, in the description box for you to watch. They were powerful. They were extremely transparent. I mean, these two, Maria and Andrew, opened up their hearts and they offered some very helpful advice. So I'm telling you, no reason to walk around in fear of frustration. Just watch the Entree Musician on those particular topics. Now, today's topic we're calling Don't Be Afraid to Connect or Collaborate. Okay, but before we dive into it, let's just review a few highlights so that everyone can be on the same page and we can find out how fear can take hold and manifest itself with some extremely negative outcomes. Now, the first thing we learned was that fear is a spirit and that this spirit, the spirit of fear, does not come from God. In fact, according to uh, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7, we learn that God gives us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, I've said this before, and I respect the fact that if you're here and you're not a man or woman of faith, I respect your position and your opinion, but this is the perspective that we teach from. And you might be interested in finding out that this very same book, the Bible, says to you and I a total of 365 times, fear not. So what we're doing is we're learning from a manual which does not ignore fear, but it truly teaches us how to overcome it. So that's the first thing we found out about fear is it's a spirit that's not coming from God. Number two is we learn that fear is a deceiver, which often tries to convince us that things are actually worse than they are truly, <laughs> you know, and more importantly, fear begins to rob us when the very thing that we fear hasn't even happened yet. You understand what I mean? It robs us. Number three, fear attacks our imaginations because we automatically begin to go to the worst case scenarios of any situation. And this paralyzes us and prohibits us from moving forward. And lastly, we begin to learn that courage itself does not mean the absence of fear. The courage is the mindset, the attitude, the Discipline, the focus, as we talked about at first, it's the ability to move forward in the midst of being afraid. That's what courage is. Courage is like, yo, you know, I'm definitely scared out of my pants, right? I'm nervous. I've never been here before. This is huge. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It's scary, but by God's grace, I'm going to step out onto the stage. Whatever that stage is, whether it's on the performance stage or the production stage or just creating comment, uh, content. You know what I'm saying? So again, brothers and sisters, these are just the highlights, right? I encourage you to go back to each of these episodes. This is about the fourth time I'm suggesting it. Watch them, listen to them in their entirety and gain the full scope, you know. Now, today we're going to take a deep dive into the fear of connecting and collaborating with others. Because I personally feel that this, this heart of this whole pandemic situation, from day one, the foundational intent is to drive people apart. That's my heart. I'm saying it, it's my opinion. 
Okay, and I'm going to be completely total as I break this down and unpack this for you. See, in the history of my lifetime, I've never seen people so divided. And I'm 56 years young. And I know some of you thought that I was 33. I know. But anyway, think about it. Think about it. At 56 years old, I've never seen such division politically or racially, uh, in the church, even denominationally, uh, beyond faith and, and with respect to gender and all of this, et cetera, et cetera. But if that's not enough, what's worse is that there are friendships, families, and lifelong relationships which are broken, shattered, torn apart, over ideological differences where we can't even sit down and cordially discuss like rational human beings because our vitriol demands no common discourse. You understand it? I'm sure you've experienced it. And right in the middle of all of that is this authoritarian structure which seeks to control every ounce of our lives, beginning with these muzzles that they want us to wear which have already been proven to be ineffective. And even continuing beyond that with the intravenous poke, right? Which again, in certain situations, is ineffective. Especially as they continue to come up with an alternative contagion that may or may come down the pike and, you know, then we have to do this and then we have to do that. Now, I said I was going to be total here, and I'm trying not to self-edit myself. I, re I respect the fact that some of you may disagree, and I respect the fact that some of you may know exactly what I'm talking about. We can have a dialogue in the comments below. But here's the thing. Let me, let, let me just digress just a little bit, and then we'll get to the topic at hand, okay? But my wife and I were just in Florida for vacation, okay? And upon entering the airport, both on the way there and on the return trip, we were hit with a barrage of messages which repeatedly reminded us that our muzzles were not optional, okay? They should be worn in the manner dictated to us or else we would be denied the access to fly. I'm sure many of you have been there. Furthermore, choosing not to comply is a violation, they said, of federal law. Now, I checked that out, and there's uh, various documents that you can read, and although I am not an attorney, I understand that there's a lot of obfuscation between the word order and the word law and the proper definitions thereof. And I'll, I'll put a couple of websites in the description box for your uh, c consideration and if you should happen to be an attorney, perhaps you can share your expertise with us in these comments. Now, going deeper, a little bit deeper, I'm not going to disclose my health status because I believe that's my personal business and I wouldn't ask you to disclose yours, but it seems like my personal status was not even taken into consideration by said airline, okay? And I know that's their discretion. I understand that. But it's interesting because as we boarded the plane, we were all literally packed in to this capsule like sardines, right? Social distancing was completely thrown out the window, which we were told at the airport was something that we should comply with. Yet it was impossible on this aircraft, absolutely impossible. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting within inches 
you know, beside someone and in, in front or behind of people that I had never even met, with the exception, of course, of my beautiful wife. And all the while, all throughout the flight, the Gestapo stewardesses were screaming at us to keep our muzzles on during the duration of the entire flight, or we would surely suffer dire consequences. So as you can imagine, <laughs> like sheep, we just sat there earnestly desiring to plane to our individual destinations. I know I'm digressing here. I'm going to get back to the meat of the episode in just a second, but I am confused. Here's what confuses me, because when we do land in Florida, and man, we had an excellent time, and there was no mention whatsoever everywhere we went, whether they were restaurants or gated communities, country club settings, swimming pools, no one even mentioned the muzzle at all. <laughs> there were people wearing them, of course, you know, but it just seems as if the contagion and your relative response to it was completely optional, almost like we were in a free society. You understand what I'm trying to say. These are just a few of my observations, and they do lead me back into our discussion, or perhaps if you want to call it my diatribe. <laughs> but but let's dig in because connection, connection, connection itself is the heart, the soul, and the lifeblood of the entrepreneur musician. Uh, I was going to say every person, of course, everywhere, but specifically the entree musician. The entirety of our creativity is to connect emotionally, spiritually, dynamically, and even impulsively through our artistry. It's who we are. It's why we exist. No creative person is a silo. No art exists to be hidden. Art is meant to be placed on display, to be admired, right? To be appreciated. The bottom line is your gift and my gift is not about you or I. Right? Your treasure is not to be hoarded. It's meant to be shared. Turning back to the Bible real quick, Jesus the Christ said, no man lights a light and then hides it, you know, somewhere under a cabin or under a couch or in the basement. No, no, no. You put it up on top of something, right? You open the window where people can see it and, and folks can benefit from it. That's, that's you. That's me. I mean, you have talents and gifts and ideas and dreams. You have light inside of you and you store that on your hard drive or laptop. And for some of you, that's as far as it goes. Your music is just between your mouth and your headphones. You're either embarrassed or ashamed or afraid of releasing it to the world or allowing someone else into your orb. You know, truly connecting with you. And that's something that we want to help you conquer. That's why we're doing these videos. I truly believe that your song or your book or your movie, whatever it is that you're creating, is a spiritual download. And I believe that your imagination was meant to expand not only the boundaries of your personal expression, but to cause all of us to explore the outer limits, as it were, of our own realities as well. I mean that. I truly do. I, I feel that a song is just as powerful, relevant, and necessary as Edison's light bulb. 
or Ford's automobile, or the Wright Brothers airplane, or Khan, Surf's, and Lee's invention and adaption of the internet. Your song, sir, ma'am, your song could impact the world for real change. Your song, brother or sister, could save somebody's life. And that's just the truth. And yet fear can grip you and, and lead you to believe that your gift is worthless, that, that no one will like it or no one will understand it, that no one will care. So what do you do? You disengage and you give in to that fear. And all of us get to miss out on your genius. Wow. I'm sure I told you this story before. It certainly bears repeating that a former business partner and I were working with a young singer whose father had recently passed away. And of course, out of respect for him and his family, we naturally went to the calling hours. Now, while we were at the wake and we were standing in line to greet his family and offer our condolences, I noticed the most incredible, rapturous music playing softly on the speaker system. It was some amazing stuff. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who it might be and who it sounds like until finally, when I reached the young man, I had to ask him, I said, man, where did you get this incredible music from? It's extraordinary. And the young man said, yeah, it's, it's my dad's. You know, it was stuff he did on the weekends when he got off work. And he never released it or anything. He never thought he was good enough. So he just called it his expensive hobby. <laughs> Man, I must admit to you, even now, I, I was more saddened to hear that story than of his actual passing. And I, I say this with complete respect to his family. I mean, I never met the gentleman, but... I thought this was a total tragedy that we would never experience his full genius. I don't know what will come out of this music. I hope his son would in some way share these songs in tribute to his father's legacy. But these are the type of stories that keep me intentionally at the helm of making sure that when my day comes, that I absolutely die empty. I mean, I want to die with nothing on the hard drives. I'm sure there will probably be an unfinished track or two, but may my story be that I was present and active up until the very end. And I truly want the same for you. I want you to release the fear and open up your heart and share your life with the entire world. See, connection also means the physical aspect of getting your ideas across. And again, let me be clear. I'm not just talking about you alone in your room, uploading your grooves to CD Baby or DistroKid or Indie Flow. No, I'm talking about having actual conversations with others, obtaining appropriate advice, reaching out to those more experienced than you and asking for help. There's a real, 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 real fear there asking for help. <laughs> the notion of, I can do it myself. That may be true, but the question becomes, should you? Here's confession time here. I have the means of recording, mixing, mastering my own tunes. I have the equipment, I have the software, I have the space, and I like to think that I have the talent to do it all. But at best, when I evaluate myself, I have a knack of doing it, but I'm not an expert. 
You understand what I'm saying? And I confess that I've wasted hundreds of hours to become average when I could have spent those same hours perfecting my craft and going from great to becoming outstanding because I could have asked for help. I admit that in those days, I was fearful and it was a silly fear. One that said, well, it's not good enough and you need to work on it a little bit more or maybe you should get that plug in or get that piece of gear and then you can sound like so-and-so. You know what I mean? Then so-and-so would respect me or so, you know, my stupidity thought. <laughs> but now I must admit to you that I face that fear and I say, okay, hey, this is it. This is as far as you can take it. Now go and get some help. Now I'm the one that raises my hands. I, I ask questions, sometimes too many, but I ask them and I connect. I, I seek assistance because to remain silent only defeats me. You understand what I'm saying? And there are many more places where the fear of connection tries to stifle you. And I realize that I cannot be exhaustive here, but if I were to mention another area that you should continue to improve, it would be in establishing and maintaining real relationships. And that's something that I see in entree musicians that we must abolish. Now, I'm not talking about posting or sharing online or building your online community as important as these things are. That's not the discussion. That's a marketing discussion. What I'm saying is actually reaching out to your friends who are real friends, not Facebook friends, real people those fellow family members or relatives or uh, entree musicians with whom you can grow and thrive and be transparent with. Now, obviously our, our time does not allow, I'm talking about our personal time, does not allow for being exceptionally close with everyone. That's not what I'm talking about, but there are ways of keeping in touch with those on your email list or via text or even a good old fashioned four minute phone call. How about that? Now that builds a rhythm inside the person that you're connecting with. And that phone call says to them, this relationship matters. Your call says that they're important to you and it penetrates the surface of merely doing business with each other to actually doing life together. And it's a fear factor that you absolutely can conquer. So go back and check out the episode that we did with not being afraid to be yourself. I talk a little bit about that then. I'm still putting out commercials, but go for it, right? I'm telling you, once that you are past that awkwardness and that awkward phone call or text, and you begin to establish rhythm and dialogue, you'll strike true solid gold. And the benefits of connection actually lead right into collaboration. And truly, this is another area where many artists fear to tread. Most often, we see this on, on the world stage with major artists, you know, so-and-so is collaborating with so-and-so. And it's usually the record companies putting those things together because they're trying to make the quick hits and hit the bottom line. But the collaborations that I'm talking about today with you are the ones that can be made right in your own backyard whether they're online or off, you know? And obviously there's this, this uh, similarity between musicians or between a composer and a lyricist or a band and a producer or a musician and a songwriter. You get my point. 
The most prosperous collaborations are those between associates who are better together than they are apart. And that takes conquering the fear of rejection, which we have a video for as well. <laughs> being vulnerable, being selfless and sac sacrificial, right? In many ways, it's like a musical marriage where all of your flaws are exposed, the scars are revealed, and it's fearful and painful and sometimes downright ugly. But beneath the manure, if you nurture it correctly, is a beautiful, breathtaking flower which grows and matures. And, and, and a matter of fact, I'm, I'm in the process of building such a collaboration. And we're taking our time to build the trust and share our own inhibitions about this entire process. Um, as we look at our relationship, there are more differences between us than similarities, which we actually think is cool. In fact, I'm old enough to be his father, literally. <laughs> so what I try to do is, is not lead the discussion or situation all the time, which is most natural for me to do in similar environments. But I realize in this young man, I can learn so much from his, uh, his perspective. So I just let go and I, I learned. He's a young rapper named Latency, and we've uh, released a single already together earlier this year. I'll place a link uh, to the song in the description box for you to check out. But the moral of the story is we've learned how to free ourselves from the confines of personal control because we realize it's initiated in fear. And we've taken the risk to experience something that we wouldn't normally do just because. I'm not a rapper, I'm not into rap, but I'm learning just because. This is all about artists, about being daring and, and risky. You know, taking those risks that are necessary to see what it, where it gets us. Now, Jesus tells this story about talents being distributed from an investor to some prospects that he thinks has the, uh, the potential to do well. Now, to the one he gave 5,000, to another 3,000, and to still another just one grand. And obviously, he caught up with them later on, seeking a return on his investment, and he found that the one who had the least did the least. That guy didn't even take a risk. He didn't, he didn't even put money in the bank to get the least little bit of interest. Why? Because the dude was afraid perhaps even jealous. Now, I don't, I don't want to read too much into this story, but perhaps he had heard that this one guy had five and the other had three, you know, and all he got was a measly thousand, so maybe he was a little envious. Or perhaps he may have felt that $1,000 wasn't enough to do what he needed. So he didn't do anything. <laughs> he buried it. He didn't bother to connect with anybody. He didn't bother to collaborate even with the other two guys. And you can bet that the investor was not happy when he found out about it. In fact, as the story goes, the investor, when he came back, he had the officers take that $1,000 from the fearful guy and to give it to the guy who had doubled his money from $5,000 to $10,000. And he even made the controversial statement, to everyone who has, more will be given and to those who don't have, even what they do have will be taken away. Did you hear that? Now we can go down a theological rabbit trail with that statement alone. Maybe one day we will, 
But today, I suggest to you that I'm only offering this story because of the practical example of this one guy allowing his fear to get the best of him. Even though someone else was willing to invest in him, someone was willing to take a chance on him, his fear would not allow him to soar, wouldn't allow him to connect or collaborate, to risk himself to achieve greater levels of success. That's how success comes, right? With the risk. And I'm telling you, this impacts me because there was a time in my life when I was that guy. But finally, let me hip you up on something else about collaboration, because it also means opportunities to partner with small businesses, schools, charities, corporations, to assist you in creating a larger vision for your community that you could not do all by yourself. See, in many ways, partnering with a company or organization's brand or resource or sponsorship could mean the difference between a one-time event or you becoming the go-to person for significant improvement in your region or area. My, my heart for you is just to dream big and think about the myriad of ways that your music can decrease the maladies of hunger or homelessness, violence, educational deficiencies, and other such challenges that plague many of our communities. And I'm talking to you. You, that's right, through connections and collaborations. You, my friend, your music, your heart, your talent, your ideas, your dreams can make a tremendous difference in the world around you, in someone's life personally. So here's one idea I want to leave you with. And, and how to do so. And now, of course, it's not the only way, but it's a tried and true idea. And it certainly helps you to begin conquering any degree of fear that tries to dissuade you. Here's what you do. And I want you to do it this week. Connect with three people this week. Not seven, not 12, not two, three. Okay? Now, the first person you connect with is someone that you should know very well could be a close friend or a sibling, a spouse, a parent, could be your child. It's just someone you pick that you know that you can't lie to because they know you that well, okay? You schedule a time with this person away from any regular or familiar surroundings and you tell them that within six months, you intend to become a more connected individual, okay? And then here's what you do. You ask them to hold you accountable, perhaps to even help you to come up with a game plan or a strategy. Now, secondly, you reach out to someone that you know relatively well. You know, you aim for a fellow musician or artist who's a few ticks above you, right? But they are accessible to you. And you ask that person for a meeting that you pay for, say for an hour or less. You make sure that you have some questions ready that... Uh, you wish to know these things or learn about these things and in how to improve yourself as a connector and a creator. And perhaps they can recommend a course or maybe they have a contact that you can resource to ask, uh, I mean, to help you, you know, and, and don't forget in that meeting 
to ask for an opportunity to collaborate. Perhaps it's co-writing a song with them, perhaps it's offering a service or a skill that you're really great at to create a win-win situation. And now listen, you need to do your homework before this meeting. You need to know what do they need that I can supply? And you make them an offer, right? You make them an offer like the mafia that they can't refuse. However, if they should refuse it, then they definitely know where to come the next time they need your level of talent. Now, the third person you reach out to is someone completely out of your universe, completely beyond you. Yep, that person. Yep, him. That's right. Or her. Yeah. And you email them or you direct message them, you find them on Instagram, whatever you need to do, tweet them, just a note. And that note is not about you. That note is about them. And not about just them. Again, you gotta do your homework. You know, it has to be about a project that they are starting or in the middle of, or maybe congratulate them on something they've already completed. You keep it short, you keep it tight, but you keep it impressionable. Right? Remember, you're not asking a thing from this person. This is all about bolstering your courage to step outside of yourself and simply take a risk. Maybe you don't hear back from them at all, right? Maybe you receive a form letter reply, one of those cookie cutter replies. Or maybe they genuinely surprise you and reach out again. Don't freak out when they do. No need to say more than you've already said. Just be polite, <laughs> drop in again in the near future, very subtly. Now these three things are very real. These are elements that I have used before and I can tell you, it has helped me to gain courage. I'm no longer this starstruck dude who's afraid to be in the company of whomever, right? I realize that these men and women often share the same insecurities and concerns, just like I do just like you do. And what, what happens in you is that you conquer phobias which try to tie you up and keep you from moving forward. My friend, I say to you, don't let fear rob you of wonderful opportunities to connect and to collaborate. They're waiting for you. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do it this week, three people that you reach out to, and then I want you to contact us here at the Entree Musician, okay? Leave a note for us and let us know what happened. How did it work out for you, okay? And then you can also reach out to us on the backstage pass at theentreemusician.com and if you need any consultation, if you need to connect with any of us or pitch an opportunity to collaborate, we stand ready to help however we can. That's why we are here, okay? That's why I say all the time, I'm an entree musician and there are a few of us <laughs> and so are you. But here's the thing I want you to do. I want you to like, subscribe. I want you to share. I want you to tell everybody you know. I want you to tell 13 people that you don't know that you hang out with the entree musician and how it's impacting you. Would you do that for us? I trust that you will. Go back and look at those other videos on fear. We have a lot of great things that are coming up. If you're closing down the year 21, we have some great things in store for 22. It's gonna be absolutely on point, absolutely exciting. 
I can't wait to jump into it, but we're gonna do it. <laughs> we're gonna do it in the way that it needs to be done, you know, and we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it as well. We're all going to grow together. That's our heart. Now listen, my name is Jerry B. I am the Entree Musician, but I'm not alone. So are you. We'll absolutely see you again next time.